Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Clap Trap, another episode, and we're finally back, people. We're able to talk about some football, some real football, not just the preseason stuff that if you've you, you know how I feel about preseason stuff. Not not the biggest fan of that. Just get to the real football, the stuff that actually means something. That's what I want to see. And we're finally here. We had Chiefs-Lions last night opening things up, getting ready for the NFL season. Chiefs dropping their latest banner. Congratulations to them again for winning last season. And what you got going into this year because of it was a nice little loss to start off the year off of what is looking like a hangover to start off because they just have nobody to throw it to on that team. And we're going to get into that. We're going to break down that game a little bit. We got some things to talk about with the Patriots as well, with their game coming up on Sunday, their home opener against the Eagles. But it's just a good time. It's just a good time of the year. We got the the NFL starting back up, like I said. Uh, NBA and NHL is right around the corner. Uh, everything can distract me from what the Red Sox have done this entire season, which is not easy for, or easy for me, I should say, not easy for others, but happy to see Thursday night football back again. Happy to see a big matchup between two teams that are, dare I say, both legit in the Chiefs and the Lions, the Detroit Lions. I think that we're starting to see what that team can possibly be. Uh, it was nice to be able to to see funny moments like right at the beginning of the game the new rookie running back for the Detroit Lions Jameer Gibbs had his you know welcome or or remember you're in the NFL type of moment I don't know if anyone else caught this but uh on one of the first very first plays that Jameer Gibbs was involved he ended up getting I forget if it was like a little pitch to him or whatever it was he was running out right side and he trips over his own feet and this was when the Lions were kind of driving. They were getting down into the Chiefs' territory there. He trips over his own feet, rolls on the ground, gets up, and in his mind it looked like he had already given himself up, which I believe is the college rules as far as I know that. Once you go down on your own, you're giving yourself up, play is over, they whistle it, you're dead. But instead, Jameer Gibbs, after he gave himself up, basically tripping, falling, rolling on the ground, gets back up, kind of looking around, holding the ball like, all right, man, I messed up there, plays over, and he gets swarmed by three NFL defensive players going right for his head, trying to take him out, and he's like, oh, oh, Joe, boy, what's going on here? And he's flipping around and trying to get out of it, but it was a funny moment just to see Gibbs. Reminder, you can go down on your own. You still got to get back up and keep going there, uh, Jameer Gibbs, but he figured it out. Obviously, he had some explosive moments throughout the game. Nothing overall overwhelming for his stat line obviously but he had some really good hard runs so I think that the Detroit Lions have found another running back or somebody who can fill in in that Jamal Williams role they also got uh, you know Montgomery there who ended up having the late touchdown in this one to seal things that was huge he had 74 yards not really super efficient but it seems like the two-headed monster of David Montgomery and maybe Jameer Gibbs Obviously, it's only one game, but it seems like it's pretty good so far for people watching that one. So you had that. You had Amon Ross St. Brown showing why he was a top or he should be a top five wide receiver this year. His ability to get out into space, 
Uh, he looks a heck of a lot bigger than he did even last year, which is big. Uh, you know, he's going to be able to demand uh, more physical roles throughout as his career continues to go. I'm like I said, I'm expecting him to be kind of like a top five wide receiver in the league. And so you had him scoring the first touchdown of the NFL season. Then you had Patrick Mahomes showing why he's Patrick Mahomes right now and considered one of, if not the best quarterback in the game right now in his two-minute drill at the end of the first half where he was able to drive down the field like it was nothing. That pass to MVS, which he kind of made a diving play, but it was still a great one. Then the, the throw to is 84. Is he a tight end for them? Is he a wide receiver? I can't even keep up on these guys, so. That was uh, some some great plays out of the Kansas City Chiefs, able to roll roll down there, take themselves a little bit of a, a lead going into the half at fourteen to seven, and then it started to really show the ugly head for the Chiefs as to who was going to be receiving for Patrick Mahomes, especially when Travis Kelsey is out, because as we all know, if you were watching along. Travis Kelsey was out of this game. He had hyperextended his knee earlier in the week during practice. Everybody was wondering, was he going to actually be able to play? It seemed like some analysts were saying he was headed towards maybe a limited role, but it turned out that he wasn't going to be able to go at all. Understandable when it happens just a few days before the game starts. I was hearing reports throughout the game that they are expecting him to come back next week and be be. Close to 100% is kind of what they were giving the vibes of. We'll see if that's actually the case. Uh, knee injuries can be tough for anybody. So uh, what really ended up happening was Patrick Mahomes got kind of a taste of what Tom Brady had to deal with on the Patriots for, for years and years and years. You had a bunch of no-name wide receivers that you as the best quarterback have to go out there and make better. And... You know, throughout the game, there were moments where it seemed like Mahomes was able to handle it with his limited squad that he had. The Kadarius Tonys, the Rasheed Rice, uh, Sky Moore did really nothing. But those those kind of guys that were out there uh, trying to MVS, like I said, Ma Marcus Valdez, Scantling, th those kind of guys who are fringe players at best when it comes to the NFL game. That's what you had to deal with. So so congrats on that one, Mahomes. You're finally getting to kind of figure out what it was like to be Tom Brady for the last 10 years of his career or so with the New England Patriots. No help, nothing going on. Figure it out. Nobody's going to give you any kind of breaks at all. You're going to get everybody's best punch, and you got nobody to throw to. So have fun with that one. It should be interesting to see how he kind of rebounds going forward. Again, you assume that Kelsey's going to be back, but tough start. Tough start for Mahomes in game one with no receivers. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show of having no receivers around. That's that's what, like I said, Tom Brady had to deal with. Okay, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll continue talking about the Thursday night football game and NFL topics in general here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back with more of the Claptrap, and we're talking all about the Thursday night football game. Let's get back to it. As as the game continued, things started to show to me that uh, there wasn't just one legitimate team on the field last night for Thursday night football to start off the year. There was two legitimate teams, in, in my opinion. Now, 
You can say whatever you want. Again, I'm going really hard on takes off of based off of one game type of thing. I did this with Keon White for the Patriots. I already think he's going to be a stud based off one preseason game. Now I'm going to tell you that the two major takeaways that I had from this first game, and I, I was writing this down at halftime when the Lions were down 14 to 7. And I thought that, uh, you know, at this point in the game, the Chiefs had just shown they they were able to do that two-minute drill driving down there. Patrick Mahomes is still top of the league. And even with no wide receivers, nobody good on his squad, he was still able to do stuff. So he was showing that Tom Brady-esque, you know, be able to drive down there with nobody's ever heard of these guys, pull them off the street kind of guys. And he was able to get the job done. Now, obviously, they're still NFL wide receivers, but you get what I'm saying. We didn't really know about these guys. And then you have guys like Darius Tony who go out and get balls that are right on their hands, right in the the, the basket, and they just drop them, leading to interceptions or or incompletions and things like that. That kind of changed the way the game ended up, and that kind of obviously changed the way that we, you know, perceive the the start of the season for this Chiefs team it's going to be tougher than we thought especially if Travis Kelsey is out for a more extended period of time who who knows if that's going to be the case or not we shall see but what I came to with the realization that the takeaways that I'm having the takes that I'm having one of them is going to be predictable and the other one is going to be you know a little bolder I would say at this point, but I think after last night and the way that the game ended up going, like I said, I was making these takes at halftime. We'll see how, how things turn out. I think a lot of people are going to be, you know, more on my side with this one, but the two takeaways that I had are that the chiefs are still going to be one of the final four teams in the NFL this year. They're going to make it all the way. They're going to get to a conference finals. I believe that Travis Kelsey will be back and healthy their wide receivers will start to gain some momentum throughout the season. And even though their defense looked a little suspect at times, I still think that even without Chris Jones, they can kind of come together and make something. And if Chris Jones can be convinced to come back in week eight, as he's projected to, so that he doesn't miss out on the last year of his contract, if he actually gives them something, that would be an extra bonus. But I think that the Chiefs are going to be a – Final Four team this year in the NFL. The other thing that I'm thinking at this point, and now after after the game and the way that the end of the outcome happened, you, maybe others could be thinking the same, and this couldn't be as bold of a of a take as I think. But I think that the Lions are going to be a playoff team. I, I mean, I I don't know who else is saying that they they wouldn't. You end up beating the the champs, the the reigning champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs last night. And you start off the season one and oh, you're you won eight out of your last 10 games last year going into the end of the season. They ended up nine and eight, almost were able to get a playoff berth last year, but they, they just fell short. Now you're coming in and you've got guys, young talent. It seems like they've hit once again on some other great rookie players. Like I said, I already talked about Shamir Gibbs, who I think is going to be legit. There have been some concerns about him being a little bit smaller and not being able to take a whole work workhorse uh, load for him, but I think that he will be good and continue to progress throughout the season. I think that they were able to find something in Sam Laporta, 
that tight end, he looks legit. He made some great catches, some catches where the ball was low and he caught it on his fingertips and threw kind of, you know, bobbled it up to himself and made those grabs. He seemed very consistent, didn't blow away people on the stat sheet. Once again, just like Jameer Gibbs, but the abilities that he showed out on the field makes it seem like he is going to be a legitimate target for Goff and that Lions offense going forward. So those two rookies seemed like a hit to me. You've obviously already got Amon Ross St. Brown, who I said before, I think is a top five wide receiver in this league. Guy is a monster. And then you go on to the, uh, well, actually, you also have Jamison Williams. If you're going to get anything out of him as a number two wide receiver, he'll be coming back in week seven, I believe, after his suspension and everything that's that's going on with that. He seemed like he could be a possible game changer as well, real fast kind of guy. So he could be a solid number two wide receiver for them. They haven't really seen his production yet. That could be that could be an interesting story to the offense. But then you go to the defense, and they also have some guys that are really starting to step up, really starting to make that next step. And yes, you can say, because I'm talking about Aiden Hutchinson, who you could say in that game last night, there were some moments where he was a little kind of crazy. He was all over the field. He's doing spin moves. He's trying to do whatever he can to get your Patrick Mahomes. And some people, some analysts were saying, you know, he's losing contain by doing that. But I look at it as an athletic freak who's still figuring out the game in his second season and he's getting out there and you can you notice him on the majority of plays that he's in. You notice what Aiden Hutchinson is doing on that defensive side of the ball. You can see him starting to progress and keep, you know, taking that next step towards being a legitimate player in this league on the defensive side of the ball. And then they have Gardner Johnson, too who's a cornerback that's going to be able to help that secondary that is becoming a much more dangerous secondary into that next step. So I think you got two guys there on the defense making steps. I think you got great rookies that you brought in. I think that this Detroit Lions team is going to be a playoff team. I do. I think that they they have a coach that's uh, you know ballsy enough to do crazy things like go for it on fourth down when you're in you're inside your own 20-yard line. And sometimes that's going to be a good thing. That's that's kind of what you need. Obviously, if it blows up in his face, we'll all make fun of him. But I don't know. I think this Lions team is going to be a playoff team. That's that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna put it. That's one of my two major takeaways. Chiefs back in the final four. Lions going to be a playoff team. That's how I feel about it. Okay, time for another break. But when we come back, we'll continue the claptrap here on ninety point seven WKKL. The claptrap with your host Zach Clap. We're back with more of the clap trap talking all about Thursday night football. It was a good game overall. Uh, I was I was happy with it. I, I'm sure a lot of people were. I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed that to start off the NFL season getting you know such a great matchup out of not only the defending champs but a team an up and coming team as I said like the Lions who I believe are going to be legitimate. I, I believe that they're going to be a playoff team, and uh, I don't know how other people feel about that, but. You know, that's that's where I'm at with this squad. And I'm just happy to be able to talk about football again, guys. I'm happy to be able to get back here. Like I said before, we got the NBA coming up, the NHL. Obviously, I want to talk about my Celtics and Bruins and how they're going to be doing going forward. I'm ready for the Red Sox to just completely not exist anymore at this point. But then you got the Patriots, too. You got the Patriots coming up on Sunday. They got their matchup against the runner-up. Runners up from last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, one of the, the the other ones that is talked about as best quarterback in the league, possibly. He's up there in the top tier. 
And now it's time to see what this Patriots team is actually made of. It's time to actually, I mean, last week I told you guys that I think it's a make or break season for Bill Belichick when it comes to the certain fan base that is in the middle. They're they're not too far right. They're not too far left on, you know, I hate Bill or I love Bill, that kind of stuff. Remember, I think that if you go too far one way or the other, you're crazy. But it's the people in the middle that are that are finally at that point where it's like, okay, Bill, you know, you 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 had your Cam Newton year, which was horrible. You had your Matt Patricia year, which was you know equally as horrible. Uh, after after uh, a decent Mac Jones rookie season, you completely ruined that with Matt Patricia. Now you got a competent offensive coordinator. You've got a bunch of great defensive picks, all that that defensive depth that we think is going to be good. You got what you wanted, Bill. You got an offense that, you know, there's no weapons on it, but hopefully you're going to be able to see something out of that squad. And now there's there's no reason why you can't be showing us why you're considered a top coach of all time, if not the number one coach of all time, Bill. So you got what you wanted. There's no more excuses. It's time to go, and you need at least nine wins minimum. That's the that's the mark that I've set for this team. Bare minimum, need nine wins, improve on last season, keep going in this direction, get better. Now, will I be happy with just a nine and eight season? No, I will still be frustrated. But you need that's the baseline. That's that's where you need to be. If you're not there, I I mean. What are we doing at that point? What you you know that that now now we're starting to talk about Bill should actually legitimately be on the hot seat because if he can't continue to improve this team as it gets a better offensive coordinator as you have another year to draft and get better and and bring players in we all know that we've wanted to fire Bill as the GM for a while he's he's been very more miss than hit on the hit or miss scale. So I, I'm I'm not really happy with him as a GM. As a coach, I still think that he can be that top tier that he has been for the majority of his career. I believe that personally. So time to show it. Time to show it now because this part of the fan base, the guys in the middle, the guys that think, the guys that are frustrated with the way things have gone, but understand how it goes building a football team and know that it can take a few years to find that next guy sometimes after you lose your num- your your star quarterback, which, again, we can go into how that happened and who's to blame and all that kind of stuff, but it happened. We got to move on. So, Bill, it's time to finally show us what you've been building because if you can't get to nine wins or better – I think everybody's going to be pissed. But as we go into this season, as we go into this game against the Eagles, a very tough matchup to start off your schedule. And their whole entire schedule is going to be pretty tough. I I think overall, you got a a tough year for this Patriots squad that starts off with the first four weeks of the season, I believe, are going to be possible losses each time, each game. At this point, you got the Eagles that are the defending champs. Of course, that's an easy one to say. That could be a loss. You got the Dolphins in week two. Patriots continue to have problems with them, haven't been able to beat them in a while. And, you know, that that squad is going to be able to put in work on you. Then you got the Jets with new Aaron Rodgers coming in. uh, and, And you have to face off against him. Followed by a Cowboys team that I have no faith that they'll actually do anything when it comes to the end of the season or the playoffs, but that Cowboys team loves being great 
early in the season, especially on the offensive side of things. Until Dak Prescott goes out and gets injured or they fall apart completely, that Cowboys team is legit as well. So those first four games of the season, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Cowboys, whew, those are going to be tough. They're, they're going to be tough. Nobody is saying that it's going to be an easy road whatsoever. But does this team have a reason, or or does this fan base, I guess, have a reason to be optimistic for this season? Or should we all be pessimists? Because, as I said before, when you go one way or the other, you're re either really in Bill we trust, Bill can do no wrong, everything's optimism, and it's going to be a good thing, or we are, you know, Bill was the worst, he's the, he's the reason why we lost Tom Brady, he's got to get out of here, I want him fired, blah, 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 all that stuff. You're one way or the other. I don't think that that's a smart way to go, but that's how people get. So should you be optimistic, or should you be pessimistic about this team? I, I, at this point in this season, because there's a lot of groups that are going a lot of different ways. And I personally feel like there's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of both of uh, in this season of pessimism, optimism going into this, this, what should be a make or break year for Bill Belichick. That's, that's what it is. We're taking another break before we continue talking about the Patriots here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back with more of The Claptrap, talking all about the Patriots right now. Here we go. Now, the reason to be optimistic, I think, about this squad. Yeah, we're doing good first and then bad second. The reason to be optimistic about this squad right now, I can get you the easy ones. The 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 fact that we got Bill O'Brien back in here to, to actually push this team in the right direction offensively. Or I could give you that, you know, the drafting has been pretty solid over these last couple of seasons from the defensive side of things. But the reason that I'm actually going to give you optimism on this side of uh, this, this time, this going into this season right now, is because I think that Bill Belichick is looking at it as he's on the hot seat a little bit. I do think that he is looking at it and understanding that he's messed up a little bit over these last couple of years, and he doesn't look at it as messing up. He looks at it as... Okay, you got to fall down three times and get back up four kind of thing. You got to just keep getting back up. You got to keep fighting the good fight, just like anybody uh, should be thinking about going into their season or their work or their year or whatever. You should be trying to continue to fight and push forward. That's how Bill looks at it. But I do think that he is starting to be a little upset that, you know, he, he's uh, constantly being talked about now multiple years after Tom Brady as. Oh, well, it was all Tom Brady, obviously. Look at how Bill's been doing. He's 500 since then. And I don't think that he fully listens to everything going on in the media. I don't think he listens to every talking head, every analyst who talks crap about him because they've been doing it for many, many, many years. But I do think that it's starting to sink in. And I think he's also starting to get a little bit of pressure from Robert Kraft. Not full pressure. Again, I don't think that Robert Kraft is ever going to fire Bill, but I do think that he's starting to be like, okay, man, hey, we, we you know, we've, it's been a few years now since Tom Brady. We need to hang our hat on something. There needs to be a season where we can hang our hat on it and be like, this is the direction of the team. This is what we're doing. Give the fan base something. So the reason I'm actually optimistic about this is because I feel like this is the closest Bill Belichick has felt to being on the hot seat. This is the closest he has felt to actually 
needing his team behind him and to get to a point where he can show that his team is progressing into a good position. That's how I feel about it, honestly. Uh, I think that, you know, he he's, he's past the point of uh, doing it only his way and thinking that that's the way to do it. I, I mean, you saw it in the offseason this year. He was giving more days off. He was bringing the team to do paintball and different real activities. I know that they've done that in the past, but it feels like they've given more and more, you know, to the players at this point over these last couple of seasons. Every year it gets a little bit more because he realizes that he can't be as strict with some of these guys anymore if he wants to get the best out of them. And he wants to get the best out of every single player that he has. That's obvious. Everybody knows that. Every coach wants that. You want to get the best out of every guy that you have. But you can't just be hammering that nail every single time and talking about how strict things have to be because now these new kids that are coming into the NFL, they don't respond well to that. So Bill gets it. And I think that the reason to be optimistic is, not just because you got Bill O'Brien, not just because it's Mac Jones another year into the system, not just because you feel like you've been drafting well on the defensive side of things and that that side of the ball has some good depth, but because I think that Bill Belichick actually feels it, actually feels a little bit like he's on the hot seat, right? Whether he is or not, that's, that doesn't matter at this point. I don't think he is. Like I said, unless they fall apart and they only win four or five games this year, I think that Robert Kraft is still going to keep Bill on the team no matter what. But I do think that Bill is starting to feel it a little bit. I think that he's going to try and prove that he he can still be a legitimate coach. This is his year. Make it or break it. This is what it's going to be. Now, on the other side of that coin, there is obviously reason to be pessimistic too, right? You got a team that went out there, and sure, they got Bill O'Brien, but they didn't get any other real offensive weapons besides Juju Smith-Schuster, who I continue to hear has knee problems, continue to see that thing is ready to explode at any moment. He's supposed to be your number one guy. He's never been a number one guy before, legitimately. I mean, maybe on some of those Steelers teams, he was considered the number one guy, but he was never been a legitimate number one wide receiver on any team that he's played on. He's had his moments. He certainly played well for those Steelers teams. He certainly played well for the Chiefs in that Super Bowl that they won last year. He's had his moments, but he's not a legitimate number one guy. He also went out there and you bring in Mike Jacecki, who's a tight end formerly of the Dolphins. Seems like he's got some of that, you know, receiving tight end in him. Not a great blocker. You didn't bring in anything, really. You didn't bring in anything from an offensive side of the, the ball, that was going to make things any better for your squad going forward. So how can you be optimistic about a team that's not bringing in the weapons that everyone can see that they need? Everyone sees that the, the Patriots need better offense on this squad, right? Everyone knows that it's not only the running game that's going to actually win you football games. You do need to pass the ball as well. And this team seems like they're about to go into another season with a bare-bones wide receiver squad, a bare-bones receiver room, I should say, including the tight ends in there, sure, the running back situation is pretty good. Ramondre Stevenson, big fan. Ezekiel Elliott might be a scumbag off the field, but I think that he's going to be solid on the field for this team. We'll see how he does. Who knows? He loves to be able to run the ball. This team loves to run the ball. Obviously, that's a good fit. 
But when you talk about Juju Smith-Schuster's knee constantly, and now you have Devontae Parker going down with injuries and being, you know, questionable, are we all really going to rely, as much as I love the player, are we all going to really rely on Kedrick Bourne going back and, and being more like he was a couple of seasons ago in Max rookie year and, and taking a step forward from that? Are we all going to rely on, you know, these these rookie wide receivers, Demario Douglas or Keyshawn Butte, as if they're going to actually do anything for this team? I, I, you can't rely on them. And then you got Tyquan Thornton going back on the injured reserve again, too. So three of your top three wide receivers are all dealing with injuries or speculated to be dealing with injuries. It's not good. It's really not good. So the pessimism mostly comes from the offensive side. The other thing is, I guess, if you wanted to be really pessimistic, the defense, as much as we love them, hasn't really played any good quarterbacks yet. So are they going to get exposed this year? That's that one I'm not as pessimistic about, but that's that's what some people are talking about with this team. You haven't really ever beaten a good quarterback. Can you do it? You're going to face a lot of them this year. Are you going to be able to do it? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. That's going to be a big thing for this season. Okay, another break here, but keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of The Claptrap after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking all about the Patriots. Here we go. Now, when it comes to this this Sunday, when it comes to playing just specifically this Eagles squad, I don't know how this team is going to do. I don't know how the Patriots are going to slow down that high-powered offense, and I don't know what they're going to do on on their own offense to be able to score against a team like that. The, the Eagles are great with the pass rush. They have a great defensive line front seven uh, that is going to be able to do work on a questionable at best offensive line for the Patriots. And then on the other side of the ball, you got major weapons in Devonte Smith and uh, AJ Brown, two great wide receivers, arguably up there in the probably the top three duos in all of the NFL when it comes to the wide receiver duos. They've also got Dallas Goddard, who's legit. They bring in DeAndre Swift at the running back position, and they got Kenneth Gainwell and guys like that, Boston Scott, who I don't, you know, those are nothing pieces. But this team, this Eagles squad, is going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for the Patriots. Now, obviously, I think that what's going to happen is they're going to be trying to do the bend but don't break defense. They're going to be trying to keep the ball to the running backs, dump downs, run the ball with Jalen Jalen Hurts. They will get first downs, but they're not going to beat you for the big chunk play. And also, you know, this doesn't help, but we finally got the whole news about Jack Jones beating the, the court cases, or not beating them, but having them thrown out. And then all of a sudden, now you got the fact that Jack Jones is injured with a hamstring injury. He just got injured in practice the other day. So, now, now we're down uh, a cornerback, possibly. That's going to be you know, a big factor when it comes to having to face off against two of the better wide receivers in the league. As I said, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. So uh, getting thrown to by one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So it's, it's going to be tough to slow down this team. It's going to be tough to, uh, you know, score on this team. And I, I, I don't know. We were just talking about it last segment about – you know, pessimism versus optimism. I don't know. Going into this game, it feels real pessimistic. Now, the line has been moving weirdly with this one. The, the Patriots are only plus four underdogs. So getting four points in this one, I'm kind of surprised by that. It makes me feel like Vegas thinks that this team, this Patriots team is going to be able to stay in it. They're going to be staying in it. 
slowing down the game. And I do think that it's going to be, once again, the style of run the ball, take as much time as you can off the clock, and then hold them to long drives that hopefully end in only field goals. But if you score a touchdown, it's not going to be on a big chunk play, and you're going to have to take 10 to 14 plays to get all the way down the field on this Patriots squad. That's what they want to do. Keep the scoring as low as possible so you have the best chance to be in it at the end and a chance to actually make something happen when you need to. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if this team can do that. But obviously that's going to be the game plan, I would say, going forward. And, I, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they can do it, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that this team could be good this year. I don't think we're going to really see it in game one. So personally, as I, I hope that I'm putting my foot in my mouth on this one. I hope that by the time that I talk to you guys next week, it's going to be about how the Patriots were able to pull off some kind of crazy win against the former or the, the uh, runner-up from last season, a team that's supposed to be a top-tier squad this year. I need that out of them. I need that out of them. But, you know, the other thing that I did want to say – before we start to get to, we're we're gonna wrap up the show soon here, but I do I do want to say that we are gonna be starting the the gambling competition again, like I said, and we're 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 starting that up this week. It's an interesting one. We'll get into that in a little bit as we as we do that segment. But the last thing that I really want to talk about on the Patriots is what is it going to take for it to be considered a good year for this Patriots squad? Because depending on who you are, depending on what type of fan you are, you're looking at this Patriots squad and you're thinking that Vegas having them at six and a half wins over under six and a half wins is right where they should be. You don't think that there's any chance that they're going to be any better. They might win six, they might win seven, but that seems to be the right place for them. Or you're going into the season saying, Hey, this team could actually do something. This team could be a little bit better and they could actually get to a nine, 10 win season, something like that. You could be thinking that way. So what is it going to take for this team, this Patriots team, to be considered having a good season. To me, once again, I think I already laid it out there. A good season is 10 wins. A good season is getting to 10 wins. That is a good season for this squad. A team that has been up and down a roller coaster over the last couple of seasons. A team that had 10 wins a couple of years ago, but then fell off last year. A team that has now gotten a new offensive coordinator and it's starting to change some things up. I believe that a good season for this Patriots team is 10 wins. Now, I said it before, an acceptable, and where I think the bottom should be, is nine wins. So I'm not really giving you a lot of room, right, on this one. You need to have at least nine wins on this season. You need to progress from last year and be better. But if you want to have a good season... I'm not saying you need to get that much further. 10 wins for this team would be a good season to me. 10 wins means that you're possibly in the playoff race. You're competing with teams. You didn't get shut out in the division. You were able to beat some teams that you probably shouldn't have. You probably also lost to a few teams that you probably shouldn't have. But still, 10 wins on the season, to me, is a good year. Now, if you're falling down there, if you're, if you're one of the people who thinks that they should be around six and a half wins, so either six or seven wins, then a good season for you is probably like eight wins or something like that. A good season for you is nine wins. That's that's all you need. But if you're if you're the person that thinks that the the bottom, the floor of this team needs to be nine wins, 
that what does it take to be a good good season? That's that's what I'm wondering because to me, you need ten wins. You need ten wins this year. I think they have it. I think the they have the ability to do it. I think that they will be in it against teams they shouldn't and and possibly lose to some teams that they shouldn't as well. But I think that they could win ten wins this season, ten games this season. I think that that's a possibility. All right, we're taking another break before we switch the show up to the gambling show, so keep it here on 90.7 WKKL for the start of that when we come back. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clap. Okay, we're back, and it's time for everyone's favorite competition. Here we go. Okay, now is the next part of the show. We're going to take on the, the gambling competition. So let's let's get into that. I, I'm ready for the gambling competition to begin. This year, once again, we're doing things, uh, you know, g- trying to find out who's going to be the best gambling guy of all my buddies, right? And you can follow along with the picks. You can fade the picks. Last year was really tough. Uh, we had our buddy Mendez winning this one. But he had a he was under fifty percent on the year. I want to give out good picks here. At the end of the day, I do want to obviously win the competition. I want to you know beat all my buddies and have that bragging rights. But if you're under fifty percent, it's kind of tough to brag about that, right? If you win at forty two percent correct, I don't know. That just means that everyone in the competition kind of stunk. So I need some people this year to step it up and be better and be and, and be possibly as good as at least over 50%, but giving you some real good winning picks. So what we've done this year is we brought back in former champion, Andrew Patriots underscore Andrew. He's going to be back in the mix this year. And we've also added in a new person, possibly, I believe we have a new newcomer coming into it by the name of Ryan. And he's got, he's a wild card. So we're going to see what kind of picks that he's going to give to the, to the show at this point and how he's going to do. Now, we've also made some changes to how how the competition is going to go. Each gambler is going to have their choice from a week-to-week rotating schedule of the top five games that they believe that everybody should be betting on, and everyone in the competition is going to bet from just specifically those five games. Each week, those five games will be set up, and you got to pick either a spread or an over-under. No money line picks. No player props anymore. We're just doing spreads and over-unders. So it's going to be a little bit more interesting with the competition. We're all going to be gambling on the same games. Five games each week. We'll see who does the best. Winner take all in this one. We're doing it for our own little money on the side here, but it's for also bragging rights throughout. So every week, five games will be picked. It's a rotating schedule. We're giving Mendez the first pick this week. Of, of giving the five games because he was the he's the defending champ. So we're starting off with him. And the games that he picked for week one are the Bengals-Browns, the Eagles-Patriots, the Dolphins-Chargers, Bears-Packers, and Cowboys-Giants. So some good games on there, good games on the list. And now we get to see who everybody is going to pick and where they're going to go with this season because everybody's got to bring it in on a voicemail or they've got to bring it in uh, by by video, whether they're on the show or whatever. So we're going to be doing that going forward. I'm excited for it. It's another season of the gambling competition. I don't know if anyone's going to be following along with it, but we're going to be showing you what all the picks are. So as I said, this week, those are the games that are being picked. 
And you know what? We might as well start off with my picks because I got a couple of voicemails to go through afterwards that are going to be on here. Not everybody has their voicemails in as of yet, so we are going to play some of them in the just the video version of the show on YouTube. You'll have to follow along for that to get those picks. But then we'll also post them before the games on Sunday so that everybody knows who everybody's gambling on at this point, if you're interested at all. Hey, we brought the gambling into Massachusetts. We might as well take advantage of it, right? So I'm going to start off my selections first, and then we'll get into some of the other guys with the with the uh, voicemails and everything. But as I said, Mendez has already picked the games. He already knows which ones he wanted. And in the first game, the one that I'm going with in the Bengals-Browns game, I'm going under 47 and a half points. Now, reasoning behind it is, I believe that this is going to be a slow starter, right? You got a team in the Bengals who has had Joe Burrow, who did not play all of the preseason. He's going to be a little bit rusty getting into it. I think it's a very high-powered offense for the Bengals, but I also think that their defense is decent. And I think that Joe Burrow is going to take a little bit of time to get going. Uh, As well as on the other side of the ball, you got Deshaun Watson still trying to figure things out as he's making his return to the NFL. And I think that that team is going to want to run the ball a lot with Chubb and get that going, establish the run, play good defense, and I'm taking the under. So, again, it's the first week of the season, so a lot of these reasonings come off just what you think is going to happen. You have nothing to really go off of. There's not a ton of game film, so you try and take from whatever you can and make it work. I'm going with my first pick, Bengals-Browns under 47.5. We got to take another break now, but keep it here on 90.7 WKKL to hear more of my picks and the others after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clap. We're back with more of the gambling competition. Let's get back to the picks. Second pick of the day. Second pick of the competition. Eagles Patriots. I'm going under 45 points in this one. Now, this is kind of a heart pick in a sense of the only way I think that my Patriots are going to be in this game is if they keep the score low, if they keep the defense up. So I'm hoping that this Patriots team is going to be able to confuse the Eagles enough, be able to get on their nerves, be able to slow the game down, and then the offense for the Patriots is going to be all about running the ball, all about eating up clock, and this team is going to try and keep it a low-scoring game that they can be involved in. So I'm taking Eagles-Patriots under 45 for my second pick. My third pick, Dolphins Chargers. I'm going the opposite direction. I just gave you two unders. I'm now going over 51 points in this one. I think that these two offenses are going to be some of the highest powered offenses, at least at the beginning of the season. The Chargers, everybody's been talking about how great we think that they're going to be. I'm on the same page. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be good the entire season, but I think they'll be one of the teams that comes out with a hot start. Chargers jumping on it, being able to score tons of weapons. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they've got a ton of weapons over there. And then on the other side of the ball, you got the Dolphins. Also, another team, very high-powered. They can have a great offense on the squad. You got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, the arguably best wide receiver duo in the game. And you've got some other good weapons there. They brought in some running backs. Mostert, we'll see how he is. Uh, you got a running back rookie in Achan. I don't know how you pronounce his name anyways. But when Tua has those two weapons in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, They seem to be doing good. So I think at least in the beginning, that's going to be another high-powered offense. So give me Dolphins Chargers over 51 points 
as my third pick. My fourth pick. We're going to the Bears and Packers game, and I'm taking the Bears, baby. Bears minus one in this one. They are just slight favorites against the Packers, who are going to be running out a rookie quarterback in Jordan Love. They're going to be – a lot of people are kind of high on the, the Green Bay Packers to not just be crap this year, but I don't know about it. I think that the Bears are in a better position to start off the year good. I think that Justin Fields will be just that much better from this year. They got – DJ Moore in there as a legitimate weapon for Fields to use. And I think that they're going to be going in the right direction. So it's kind of a pick em game anyways, but I think that the Bears are going to be able to take this one. So I'm taking Bears minus one against the Packers. And the last game that we're going with, it's Cowboys-Giants. I'm taking the Cowboys minus three and a half against the Giants. The Giants were good last year, especially uh, at certain times. And I think that they can be good throughout this year, but Early season Cowboys, oh man, especially if Dak Prescott is healthy, early season Cowboys, they love to roll teams at the beginning of the year. Dak Prescott loves to play well at the beginning of the year. I Again, uh, with this team, I don't know how they're going to do down the road, but from the history of this squad, the way that they've done, I believe that the, the Cowboys will be able to roll at the beginning of the year. So I'm taking Cowboys minus three and a half at the Giants to finish off the card. So We've got Bengals-Browns under 47.5. We've got Eagles-Patriots under 45. Dolphins-Chargers over 51. Bears minus one against the Packers. And Cowboys minus three and a half against the Giants. Those are my five picks right there. Happy to be back into it. So let's switch it up now. Let's get somebody else on the horn to be able to give their picks. I think we have a good voicemail from the defending champion. So here we go. Clapping. We got week one text. First game, the Bengals minus two and a half at the Browns. I was back and forth in this one. I feel like the Bengals and all the Browns playing tight, tight, but I might go Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think they're all to prove themselves this year. Next game, Eagles minus four at the Patriots. One makes no sense to me. You would think Eagles would be happy to be favorites. Um, no, it's at New England. I think I would just feel dumb taking New England and if the Eagles blow them off, I'm going to go Eagles. Next game, Dolphins plus three at the Chargers. I'm going to take Dolphins plus the points. You know, they're going across the country, but I like what they did on offense this year. I think it's going to be a shootout, but I'll take the Dolphins to come out on top. Next game, Packers plus one at the Bears. I think the Packers might be a sleeper team this year. I kind of like Jordan Love, so I'll take them in the pick. I'm not completely sold on the Bears. Last game, Sunday night, Cowboys minus three and a half at the Giants. I'm taking the Giants plus the points only because a wise man once told me, always take a home dog on Sunday night. All right, buddy, let's have the season off. Always take the home dog on a Sunday night. That was uh, what he said a wise man once told him. So we'll see how things go. A little bit different than my picks, obviously, but I do like that we're all betting on the same game. I think this will make for some interesting things overall. But he's got his picks in. Those are the defending champion Mendez picks. Again, we didn't know, we, none of us had a good season last year, but he did the best. So he was able to win it. All right, now let's switch it up. Let's go over to Cam for his picks. Hey, y'all, it's Cam back with another year of trash picks. Uh, we'll start with the Browns versus Bengals game. I'll take the Browns plus two and a half. They always get a good amount of pressure on the Bengals when they play. Um, and the Bengals lost three of their four starters in the secondary uh, in the offseason, so I think they might have a rough start to the year on defense. 
Um, in the Pats Eagles game, I'll take the Pats plus four. Um, I think the Eagles, they lost both coordinators, so they could have a little uh, bit of a grace period on both sides of the ball. So I'll take the points with the home team. Um, Chargers minus three against the Dolphins. Last year, the Chargers had the best game plan against the Dolphins, two ahead of the worst game. And I think the Chargers offense will be much better with the new offensive coordinator. Uh, I'll take the Packers plus one against the Bears. I think the the Bears are being overrated just because how electric Fields was. And the Packers are being underrated because they lost Rodgers. But I think the Packers uh, have a better roster, so I'll take the underdog there. And then in the Giants versus Cowboys, I'll take the Giants plus three and a half just because they're at home and I think they have a big coaching advantage. All right, those are Cam's picks right there. Uh, I apparently I'm the only one going with the Bears. That could be a problem for me going into this one. But you heard what he's got. Now we've uh, we've got three other guys that are not ready yet. But I'm going to give you those picks uh, on the online show. So follow the YouTube page at the Claptrap. You'll be able to get all of the picks there. I'll also be putting them out on the social media pages on our Twitter account at the Claptrap. So if you're interested at all in the gambling picks, please. Follow along, and you'll be able to see us idiots talking about football picks throughout the entire season. We're going to have fun with it. I hope you guys, too. Maybe we'll get a little crazy with it at different points. We'll involve some Thursday night or Monday night games. I don't know how it's going to go, but as of now, that's how we're going to do the competition, and that's how we're going to end the show right now. So thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. We will be back again next week. More picks, more takes, everything going on here on the Claptrap. Appreciate you. See you later. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the Cape's classic alternative.